Today's episode is brought to you by Zach and Zoe Treats. Zach and Zoe Treats is a convenience snack shop on wheels located in Nassau County. Zach and Zoe Treats can be found on Instagram at Zach and Zoe Sweets. Zach spelled Z-A-C-H and Zoe Sweets. Hey, 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 everyone. This is your host, Shawana. You are tuning into the Grow Podcast. This is episode nine. And today I am talking about the weed of toxicity. So I want you to grab a pen, grab some paper or grab your device so that you could tune in and um, take some notes if you need to. All right, everyone. So as I mentioned, today's episode is the weed of toxicity. The weed of toxicity. I'm pretty sure that at least one person that's listening may have at some point experienced a toxic relationship, whether it be a romantic one, parent and child relationship, employee, friend, some type of relationship where it was toxic. What is toxicity? Toxicity is anything that is harmful or unpleasant, right? A toxic person is anyone whose behavior adds negativity and upset to your life. How does that look? How does that look? If someone is is, is being negative and someone is upsetting you frequently, how does that how does that play out in your life, right? So I did some research and I and I discovered there are a, a few qualities of a toxic relationship. And one of them is the bad temper partner, right? So that partner who just has a bad temper, right? Gets upset easily, um, unable to express him or herself you know, the way they should as, as, you know, normal people do. Um, and just creates this, this atmosphere where there is um, a lot of um, heightened arguments. Um, there is, um, you know, feeling or sense of, of walking on eggshells with the other partner. And there's also a sense of feeling like you are inferior to the person who may be presenting a bad temper in the relationship. There's also the possessive, paranoid, toxic partner. And this particular partner is is, is really one who um, is just that, paranoid, right? So checking your phone, um, you know... Um, maybe checking your um, speedometer on your car or I'm sorry, your odometer on your car um, to see, you know, how I'm tracking your mileage, um, logging into your accounts, you know, questioning you and, and, you know, 
not okay with you just going to the restroom and the restaurant, you know, to make sure that, you know, no one's trying to hit on you or you're not trying to hit on someone else. Just things that aren't existing, but it's just in the person's mind, right? It will be considered paranoia, right? Um, la- the last quality I wanted to mention, there are many other qualities, right? This particular quality um, that I'm listing that, you know, may exist in a toxic relationship is when there is a lot of breaking up and making up, right? So typically when someone's breaking up, there's a there's a, a, a breakdown in a relationship. And then when you're making up, things get better. So if you see a constant flow of that, then that may be, you know, a, a sign of, of there being some sense of toxicity there, right? Because we don't typically break up for no reason. We, there are reasons that present for us to salvage the relationship and then the behaviors change and then now you're back into um, his or her arms uh, being lovely, lovey-dovey again. So those are the three qualities. I just wanted to give um, a scripture. That scripture is 1 Corinthians 33, the NIV version, um, which says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character, right? I say that to say, although there is toxicity, although there is, you know, this feeling of loving this person and longing for this person and, you know, wanting to, you know, stay in the relationship, scripture is is presented here. And scripture tells us that we should not connect um, or stay connected, right? Or be misled by um, the actions of others if they're negative, right? So we want to keep that in our minds, right? And so when you when you put it into a broader section or a broader uh, area, um, one just generally, you know, in in a secular uh, relationship, one could just generally say that being in a toxic relationship is hurtful, right? It's hurtful. There's a lot of, there's a lot of um, dishonor, uh, devaluing, um, lack of confidence, you know, um, just feeling as if you're not good enough in the relationship, just you being the person who's on the receiving end of the toxicity. And it's just, it's, it's a roller coaster ride, right? And also for the person who's presenting the toxicity, right? It has to be exhausting, right? It has to be exhausting to be exhibiting these behaviors and going on these highs and lows constantly, right? And not being unsure of what's happening um, from a mental side of things, right? Um, So, you know, it's important to be mindful of these things. Is it possible for it to change? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's very possible for these things to, um, for things to get better in any relationship, but it has to be a joint effort. Um, and, and speaking of joint effort, can they be, can a relationship be dual toxic? Yes, absolutely. Both partners can present toxic behaviors. I myself, just being transparent, I, I have been in a toxic relationship at some point in my life where, um, Things were just up and down every day, 
I don't, I don't want to say every day. It was up and down every other week, right? And for me at that age, um, it was something that was exhausting, right? People, people are, are 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 struggling, you know, just in general in this world financially, struggling during the pandemic. You know, they people are trying to recover from the pandemic. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, managing uh, businesses, looking to acquire wealth. You know, a, 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 an, an enormous amount of wealth that, and I have children, right? That requires time. It requires, um, you know, a full time schedule. I don't have the time to be on a high and low with someone unless I'm at Six Flags, right? If I'm not at Six Flags, or if I'm not at another amusement park, I don't need to be on a high and low relationship, right? Especially considering that everyone is an adult, everyone has options, right? I've I said this before prior to uh, my divorce is that everybody has options, right? You have options, I have options. And so in knowing that one doesn't have to, you know, just in general, right? No one should endure uh, um, toxic behaviors. No one should, you know, subject themselves to those, to those types of behaviors. But in this day and age, things have changed so much where you could walk down the street and be married tomorrow, walk down the street Monday and Tuesday, be married. Like things are just moving quickly. Right. And so, whereas, you know, back in the day, it was really harder for, for, to acquire relationships, to acquire love, right. Because there was no social media, you know, there, there, there weren't these events where you can just pop up and single mixers and all of these types of things where you were able to connect with people quicker, right? We have that now. So having the options just opens up a whole nother arena for people. Um, so I just want to, I want to encourage anyone who's listening, just be hopeful, be hopeful. If you are experiencing, if you are the toxic person, you know, seek help, seek help. Trauma, childhood trauma, uh, abuse, um, you know, um, imprisonment, all of these things contribute to how we perform as an adult, how we behave as an adult. And um, if we don't check it earlier enough, we'll see ourselves, you know, bouncing from relationship to relationship because they just don't, won't last. They won't last. And let me just be transparent. Um, I am, I can be an explosive person. Explosive in that um, I don't want you talking to me any kind of way. I don't want you to, um, you know, cut me off. I don't want you to, you know, try to, you know, tell me what I should and should not be wearing, where I need to go. Any type of controlling behaviors that I see puts a bad taste in my mouth. Right. And so when that happens, I get, I, I, my, my guard is up. Right. So, Knowing the type of person that I am, which is the reason why I entered therapy in 2019, is because I've had I've had explosive tendencies where people have upset me and I exploded. Right. And so having been in therapy for three years and having worked on that and now being in a place where I can just curse you out and walk away, 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, y'all. I'm so kidding. I'm 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 in a place where I can think about what I want to say before saying it. Right. So you send me a nasty text instead of me, you know, responding right away. I'm actually reading through what this person said and trying to conjure up in my mind what I want to say prior to doing it. Okay. Um, and so, and so I say that to say that I have worked incredibly hard to get to the place that I'm at now. And I'm not letting nobody's mama, I'm not letting nobody's papa, I'm not letting anybody, any, any, any John, any Jane, nobody, no cat, no dog, no snake, no kids. I'm not allowing anyone to take me back to where I came from, right? Because I put in work. I put in work. That's like you achieving, you came from poverty and now you're, you're in, you're, you've acquired success. You've acquired a, a, an enormous amount of income. You're making millions of dollars per year. Now you're in, at a millionaire status and then someone coming along and trying to suck you dry. Absolutely not. I put in too much work. I put in too, many, too much work. Right? So it's important to have these things at the forefront. Right? Toxicity is something that it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't end during courtship. Right, it it will follow you. If it's not addressed, it will follow you into your marriage. It will follow you into your you know parent your parenting, co-parenting relationship. Right, and children because their minds are still developing, it's the worst environment to toxicity is the absolute worst environment to have children raised in. I'm saying that because I'm a product of it. My mom was on drugs her entire life, doing crack cocaine, overdosing, you know, in the uh, uh, in the bathroom. My father was an epileptic, right? So he had seizures regularly. And on top of that, he was an alcoholic, right? And you so you have a drug addict, you have an alcoholic, and you have two people who are dysfunctional, right? So because there's dysfunction, now they're fighting each other every day. So now there's domestic violence in the home, right? With my mom being the aggressor, right? So you have these things playing out in a home with children whose minds are developing at seven, eight, nine, right? And it affects how they respond to conflict because now as a child, I'm looking up to my mom and I'm thinking, oh, this is how I talk to my husband. This is how I talk to, you know, my man. This is how I talk to my, my bae, right? Because this is what I learned as a child. I learned that, nope, nobody's telling me what to say. Nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's saying anything to me. Nobody's controlling me. I don't like to be micromanaged, right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to touch on that in a few moments, but this is what happens when you rear up children in environments that are toxic. It affects them. They soak it up. Just like if, if they grow up in a positive home, they soak up positivity. What happens when you're constantly exposed to negativity? You soak it up. 
So it's important to check these things. Check it. Look, have your list. Look, sis, I don't know what sis is doing. I don't know if sis has been yelling at me every single night. I don't know. I don't know if I want to marry her. You know, he's been yelling at me, you know, every other day. And he's doing it. He's checking my phone and he's doing this. I don't know if I want to marry him. Right? And being strategic and, and, and presenting that to your partner. Look, this is not normal. Right? This is not normal. Because it's not normal, my suggestion is that you enter therapy. My suggestion is that, you know, you speak to your therapist to see, you know, if there's something additional, right, that should, that can be done in order to, you know, uh, better help you uh, deal with conflict. Right? Me, and I, I mentioned earlier um, that I was, that I, have an explosive, had explosive tendencies, right? Where people would say something to me and then I'm right off the back, I'm, I'm ready, right? So I got to a better place where I am not necessarily responding that way anymore, right? So where did I learn that from? My mom. I learned that from my mother. I always, and I always told myself as, as, a, as an adult, young adult, I would never be in an abusive relationship ever in my life. And trust me, I wasn't. In my marriage, I was the aggressor. I acknowledge that. I admit that. I was the aggressor. Was I mentally and psychologically and emotionally abusing my ex-husband? Absolutely not. Right, but I made it clear that I have a voice. You're not gonna tell me what to do, you're not gonna do this, you're not gonna do that. And I'm not saying whether or not that's right or wrong. You have to make that decision as to what is considered submission to you, right? Because the Bible tells the wife to submit, submit to your husband, right? And so you have to have an, a foundational understanding of what that looks like in your relationship and your marriage. So for me, it wasn't that I was saying, nope, I'm not submitting to him. It's, I don't like the way you are suggesting to me that I do X, Y, and Z. I think you need to reword it. I think you need to rephrase it and come back to me and tell me in a, in a nicer way, right? And so sometimes we look at ourselves and we say, wait, you know, because I was questioning myself, like, wait, am I too sensitive? And then what I learned is that is no, you might be too sensitive, right? I might be too sensitive, but then that means that my partner needs to be sensitive enough to know how to handle me, right? My partner needs to be sensitive sensitive enough to know how to talk to me, right? Because in knowing that, my wife, your wife is sensitive. You can't talk to me any kind of way. Now, if I weren't, maybe you could raise your voice. Maybe you could, you know, you know, be passionate about a topic and, and not, um, you know, um, have any, any effect really on your partner. Right. But if your partner is really sensitive, it's important for that other, for that other partner for, to be aware of that, self-aware of that, to ensure that they are not um, doing anything to um, to make their partner feel some type of way, right? 
there was um, something else I wanted to mention. It just, it completely slipped me off. <laughs> it completely slipped me. But yeah, it's, it's just super, 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 super important. I'm at this stage where in my life currently, you know, as I mentioned in previous episodes, just navigating singlehood, being, you know, being a, a divorcee or is it a divorcee? I have no idea, y'all, but I'm divorced, okay? And I'm at this place where I'm like, God, if it's for me, it's for me, period. Like, if it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, throw it away. Throw the whole thing away. Like, cause, because, I'm again, I'm at this place where... I can't be interrupted. I can't be distracted. I can't be thrown off, right? Because I've been thrown off or derailed so much in my life that it, it's costed me a lot of things. It's costed me, you know, the ability to purchase properties whenever I wanted to. to. It's costed me the ability to stay home with my children when I was, you know, when they were much younger. It's costed me my marriage. It's costed me um, you know, uh, uh, you know, the failed businesses, so much has happened. So much has transpired, um, you know, in my life, I can't afford to be derailed. I cannot afford for, um, situations to occur in my life to, um, continue to, you know, yo-yo my emotions or yo-yo the way I move. So I'm just at this place where I'm saying, God, okay, if this is from you, I I receive it, right? If it's from you, I receive it, I'll take it. If it's not the right season for this, I will let it go, right? And if it's from you, it'll come back the way you, the way your word says it should be. But what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to compromise the word. If I find scripture to tell me X, Y, and Z, this is what it's supposed to be, right? So I encourage you all who are listening, if you may be, you know, experiencing any type of toxic relationship, friendship, whatever it may be, I encourage you to um, you know, do some, some inner, inner, inner work. I had to do inner work. I had to do, I had to think introspectively on why I accepted certain things to happen in my life and my past relationships. Right. So I have to look deep into myself. Why is that? Why is that? Well, a, I was neglected as a child. I was neglected as a child. And in being neglected, I never knew what love was. No one taught me what love was. There was not an example in my home to show me what love was. So when I entered this relationship, I didn't have a foundational understanding of what love was. But guess what? I did. The Bible tells us what love is. The Bible tells us what love is. And I want to get into... Uh, the scripture actually that talks about what love is since I'm on this topic because I think it's important for us to know I think it's important for us to know if you are a believer okay it's important for us to know these things so that when we enter a relationship, 
we know what to expect. We know what we are desiring, right, from our relationship. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That is just so beautiful. Like I, I literally, I, I researched the scripture a few days ago and I found like some wall art decor. I'm actually going to get it uh, printed and uh, framed so that I can put it into my home. This is um, just scripture that I just, I just love. And, and, and it's, it's, um, it's very illustrative of what love should be like, right? Now, I'm not saying <laughs> that your relationship or marriage should mirror all, all, you know, qualities and characteristics that have been mentioned, but it, for the most part, it should mirror the majority, right? If out of, <laughs> I don't know how many qualities were listed, if out of 12 that were listed, if you only got two, you, you need, you need some work. <laughs> you might want to re reevaluate some things. But if the majority of this list is what your relationship is like, then you know it 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 makes it makes it it may be worth it to stay, you know, or to, to work on that relationship. One thing that stands out for me, one quality that stands out for me is um it's not the patience, um, even though it's it's very important, right? <laughs> it's it's very important. What stands out for me is it is not easily anchored, right? So when we're in relationships and there is um, disagreement and there's conflict, there will always be disagreement, right? If anyone tells you you get in a relationship, nobody's supposed to, you know, disagree with you or there's not going to be conflict, there will always be conflict. Always, always. But the question is, how do you respond to it? A lot of people are getting divorced now. It's it, it's 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 actually really saddening to me to 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 see as a divorced person. I'm saying that it, it hurts my heart to see people across my timeline like yeah, I'm divorced and 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 things like that. It hurts my my heart to hear it and to see it because a lot of a lot of what marriage is composed of is communication and conflict resolution. So if you're in a relationship marriage that y'all don't talk to each other and y'all yelling at each other at the top of y'all lungs, guess what? Right? Guess what? The enemy will attack your marriage. Right? So it's important to have open lines of communication, open lines of communication. That is super important. I am like, I am like super supportive. I'm like the marriage advocate. Like I, I love, I love, I absolutely love marriage. I cannot wait to be married again. 
Like, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm, I literally, I just cannot wait to uh, have a partner, to have a companion, someone that I love, someone that loves me. I can't wait to walk on the beach with my husband and and, and cook for my husband and, 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 and be in a bed with my husband and hugging on him and, and loving on him and supporting him and, and rooting for him and him rooting for me and reciprocating all of those things that I'm doing for him and raising our children together and having more children. I cannot wait for those things. But at the same time, I understand scripture. I have read scripture. What scripture has told me is this is what it looks like, right? And if this is what it looks like and your current is not representative of what scripture is saying, then we have to reevaluate it. Doesn't mean it's a no. It just means that there has to be an evaluation done to figure out why it doesn't match this, right? And so some may argue, okay, well, why are you honing in only on this scripture? There are other scriptures in the Bible that people typically overlook. I agree with that. But at this moment, on this episode, episode nine, we're talking about this particular scripture. There are a ton of scriptures that we need to have reflective in our lives. But right now I am mentioning this scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight. So it's important to make sure that you are privy to the word staying in the word, staying in prayer, and um, ensuring that you are holding people accountable in your lives. If if in your life, if you are um, in a relationship, a romantic relationship, family members, you know, business partners, whomever may be in your immediate circle. So I love you all. I thank you for tuning in. Uh, to today's episode. I went a little bit, a little bit over. I try to keep my episodes under 30 minutes, but I just went a little bit over today. Um, But I thank you all for listening to episode nine, The Weed of Toxicity. This is the Grow Podcast where we are getting rid of weeds. I thank you. I love you and have an amazing day.